0: Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education from across the country and around the world. I'm your host, Matt Weber, and today we are here with the CEO and the COP of DoSomething.org, Nancy Lublin. Nancy, first question What is a COP?
1: Um, I'm the chief old person of DoSomething.org, and you know it's funny? For the first two years, I didn't realize it spelled out cop. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. For
0: those who don't know about do something.org, just a brief sort of framing of what is the history of this organization up until the point when you started?
1: Yeah, um, so do something.org is the largest organization for teenagers and social change. Um, we run cause campaigns about things that kids care about. It was started in 1993 by Andrew Hsu while he was on Melrose Place. He probably could have started a cologne line or like a line of sneakers with his name on it. But instead, he channeled all of that energy and um, uh, good looks and fame into starting an organization about young people and social change. Um, when I got there in 2003, Melrose Place was off the air. Um, he was living in Jersey with three kids. the The world had changed, and the organization had fallen on hard times. Um, they had just laid off 21 out of 22 people. They had $75,000 left in the bank, and they were 250 in debt. And um, they had lost their free office space. And everything was in boxes and storage in Queens. And nobody knew who had the key. And maybe the worst part was when organizations start to slide downhill and lose their funding, they do what's called follow the money. And they experience mission creep. And so when I got there, they defined young people as age 5 to 30, plus parents and teachers, which is, is like a village. It's, it's, not, it's not really young people. It wasn't very focused.
0: I like about your organization is, A, what you did with it when you came in 2003 to the point where it is now, and you're about to come and speak at Harvard about some of the initiatives that you guys are doing. Can you be a little bit more specific about some of the campaigns and projects? I love that the elevator pitch of your
1: organization is in the name. Do something. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, that was Andrew's greatest gift to us. It was a it was a terrific name. And apparently it was inspired by a Clinton speech in 92 when he was running that he gave a speech kind of like his equivalent of the JFK speech, Ask Not. Instead of Ask Not, it was a do something speech. And um, that was the epiphany for Andrew. Wow, that'd be a great name for an organization. Um... And, yeah, I mean, we we run campaigns. We like to say we're not the organization that's ever going to take away their tater tots. Hmm. So for all the educators listening, you know, tater tot day is the best day of school lunch. Tater tot day is the one day when no one tries to sneak off campus for lunch. So um, we, other organizations will tell them how obese they are. Other organizations will try and take away those saturated fats. We're going to focus on things they care about. So we watch our analytics. We're lucky we have two full-time data scientists on staff and they tell us you know what kids are searching bullying a lot more or we're seeing a huge spike in xyz Um, and so we listen Um, we don't strive to teach them we strive to be authentic Ooh,
0: dramatic pause wow yeah yes I think one of the interesting things about today is the Ed School has obviously been focusing on bullying for the past, you know, strongly for the past year, two years. And today what you're here at Harvard to talk about is a bullying case study, about some of the work that you guys have been doing and how data, as you mentioned, in your organizations come really into the equation when you're, you know, working with younger people. Uh, say a little bit more about that.
1: So um, we, we were part of the launch of the Bully Project, the film. Um, and we worked with the Einhorn Trust on this and we were really excited to do um, an app on Facebook where kids basically scored their schools. And for us, it, it was kind of lead generation, I'll call it. I mean, it was a scale play. We are a scale play, we want as many kids as possible. And um, and then we hired Jeff, who I'm gonna throw to, um, in a second here who realized we actually have a ton of data that's coming in based on these eight questions. And when we overlay those eight questions, first of all, when you scrape data off Facebook, you can get their age, you can get what the school, their school ID, uh, not their personal ID, but the, the number, the, their school identification, what school they are at, um, um, their location and zip code, and you match that, that you have an enormous data set. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna throw quickly to Jeff, if that's okay. Yeah, Jeff is the do dosomething.org data guru, perhaps. Oh, I like that. And, I He's a scientist. Uh, that's good. Science. Uh-oh, you just gave him
0: a new title. Okay. <laughs> Put it on the website. Now, Jeff, tell us a little bit about you get all of this data. How does this inform practice and the work at dosomething.org?
2: So I think the first, the first step was actually realizing how much data we really had. Uh, we launched it with the film Bully, and I think our original expectations were 20,000, maybe 25,000 students scoring their school and answering these uh, quantitative and qualitative questions about their experience with bullying. Um, To date, we've had 200,000 kids install the app. Almost 70% of them actually go through all the questions. And then being able to layer this with social graph data, all of a sudden we have a data set that's not just frivolous or anecdotal. It's actually very robust. So um, one of the first steps we have is we are releasing the data set for academics. We have more bandwidth and actually expertise in bullying to play with and really start layering it with external sources that we don't have the bandwidth to do. Um, we've put together a short preliminary findings where we've run some uh, basic correlations between the um, attributes that kids spoke about, and we're um, publishing those today as well.
0: Nancy, now now that you have the data and you have all this great results, um, what do you as the CEO of this organization with the prompting of to do something? What, is they, what, are, what are students to do around bullying? I,
1: I think what's really interesting about the data is that it does inform. Uh, that's, that's really the heart of your question. And um, Jeff and his counterpart are other data scientists at the office. whose name is Bob. Jeff and Bob really have um, encouraged us to think about the organization more like an organism in that um, if you think about it when you put out your hand and you touch the stove and the stove is hot your nervous system comes back and say pull your hand back, that stove is hot, what's the matter with you? So you change, you change behavior and, and you breathe kind of without thinking but there is a central nervous system that's telling you keep breathing keep walking, right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot and um, as organizations we should be more conscious of that communication and so when we see that something is hot we react to it. Um, so we're doing a much better job of listening um listening to that information Now, having said that like i'm still also inspired by people like steve jobs right who never listened to, never did a focus group and never listened to anybody and i i think that there's still a role for instinct or new things would never happen um <coughs> but uh i think we're doing a much better job of 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 listening and turning out things that kids want which makes us a more to what i said before authentic organization so an example of this would be um um, texting. If you're an educator or you're an organization that focuses on young people, and you're not using text as a means of communicating with young people, you are ignoring their number one form of communication. The average. Take a guess, Matthew. How many text messages do you think the average teenager gets a month? A month. A month. Let's go with four hundred. Okay, it's five thousand. So that's Make, making me look dumb Nancy, oh, with these impromptu questions. Well, you know not everybody can go to brown sorry so um (laughs) she went to brown i made a harvard joke i had to i had to to. oh no i'm not a lawyer oh my gosh that hurt ouch um i was almost a lawyer but then i saw the light i saw that i never took the bar oh but you went to law school ouch okay all right now we're even you got me back (laughs) fine fine i've got some bad research team here yeah you just drew blood that was good i did go to law school and i hated every every single minute of it um i think you're doing all right nancy i'm doing fine i'm doing fine we don't need more lawyers do we no okay so um Yes. So texting, um, and and again, listening and being in mediums that they care about. So I can I can give you here. You go. Here's a news flash, Matthew. In 2013, you're going to see us do a lot more smart work on YouTube, because it's the only place where they spend more time than Facebook. Um, I know Facebook and and like here at Harvard. Hallowed hallowed be thy name, Facebook, I mean, not Harvard. Um, But YouTube actually, um, sorry Zuckerberg fans, kids love even more. So we need to be on YouTube and we're not. Right now we think of YouTube as like a warehouse for past PSAs and bloopers. Um, And if you really uh, are thinking um, about young people and how to reach them and engage them, video should be a big part of what you do. So um, authenticity.
0: And with these campaigns, obviously data informing what you guys are working on, I mean... uh you're going to be on YouTube, but what are some of the more advocacy roles that you're going to be playing in the next coming years in terms of a strategic vision over the next, say, five years?
1: Yeah. I, I, my hope is that we are a trusted resource for teens to turn to, and by where teens turn, we will be. So If they're texting, we're texting. If they're using mobile apps, um, we have hot mobile apps. Um, if they're on YouTube, we're on YouTube. That If there's a young person who cares about social change and wants to have an impact in the community, we're going to make it really easy for them to do so. Um, in a place where they want to do it in a way that they want to do it using language that they use. We're not your grandma's Girl Scouts. Usually at the
0: end of each podcast, I say, where can people go to find out more information about
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's your website? <laughs> but I feel like that might be rhetorical. So I would say go to something.org and I would say um, if you want to try one of our campaigns, text the word baby to 38383 and play our one-day game on teen pregnancy. See if you can handle a uh, uh, handle babysitting a virtual phone baby for a day.
0: Nancy, uh, you do such great work there. Uh, and as someone who watches Hulu videos at night, to see the do dosomething.org uh, ads in the middle, it was, it was a great honor to interview you today. I did have a question from one of my roommates who said, oh, you're interviewing uh, the person I'm from married. dosomething.org. Oh, okay. Never mind then. I, I take it back now. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, Works with a lot of young people, tells a lot of young people to do uh, what to do and good ways to spend their time. If do something.org was around during uh, the time of Lord of the Flies, what would be your campaign for those people? Share. <laughs>
1: <laughs> share, right? Is that the right answer? Share, do not share. Kill. Yeah, all are, share. all are good. I prefer Game of Thrones.
0: Game of Thrones is also good. What would you tell them? Watch out for the dragons. Watch out
1: for those dragons. Winter Winter is coming. coming. Winter Winter is is coming, coming, man. Winter is coming. Do something about winter. Winter is coming. Save the cheerleaders. Save the world. I mean, I can go on with pop culture here if you want. And I'm wondering how many of these
0: references our audience are are (laughs) getting. But (laughs) it doesn't matter because this is all about (laughs) us here today. Nancy, thank you so much for all that you do. And we're really looking forward to the presentation tonight. Thanks. This has been the Harvard EdCast, a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. Thank you so much, Nancy and Jeff, for being on the show today. I'm your host, Matt Weber. Thank you kindly for listening. The Harvard Graduate School of Education, working at the nexus of practice, policy, and research.